0: On today's show, I have Danny Noakes from 106.7 The Fan jumping on to preview the 2023 Washington Nationals right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my Nationals passion into podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network. And when I do these shows, I get to have some friends of mine join me. And that is what we are doing today with Mr. Danny Noakes from 106.7 The Fan.
1: Danny, how we doing? I'm doing good, buddy. It's great to hear from you. Thanks for having me back on Locked On Nationals. You know, ever since the calendar turned to February, I'm starting to have those nice, warm spring thoughts, right? We're only single-digit exactly. days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Some of like K-Bear Ruiz, already down there at West Palm uh-huh. Beach getting ready for the season. So uh, we're all getting into that spring mode. And, and we'll officially be there once we get through Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> and
0: that's exactly how I think of it. You know... When the, when the calendar hits January, my mind immediately goes to baseball. Like, I don't know why. I think that's because usually, like, back when I played and when I'm sure you played, that's when you kind of started to pick it up, start training for high school baseball. So, I think it's always just kind of been in my mind that baseball season is on its way once it hits January 1st.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It- And, you know, in the fall too, the the higher you get up, right, just not just high school, but obviously Mm -hmm. when you get into college and and into the professional ranks, the fall is actually a, a pretty crucial point in the season because, yeah, it's, the off season at that point for, for most teams, obviously, unless you're going deep into the major league baseball playoffs and and going on to eventually win a world series. But I know that there's a lot of training at at all different levels that goes on throughout that as well as throughout the winter. So I'm glad that we're out of the doldrums of January though, because we actually have real baseball slated for later on this month. And that's great. At least if your definition of real baseball is spring training baseball. (laughs) I mean, I'll take it like, you know, you're
0: with me on this one. We're both baseball nerds. We just want to watch the games, but you know, the Nationals a lot of people are not too excited about the Washington Nationals this year and you know there is some sense of optimism but I was discussing this the other day there will be things to talk about when it comes to this Nationals team you're going to look at guys like CJ Abrams mm-hmm. you're going to look at guys that like Mackenzie Gore Keybert Ruiz this year is about development. So besides the development part of things, what are you going to be looking for and really just trying to hone in on as far as this Nationals team?
1: Well, when you look at them from top to bottom and we talked about this the last time I had the chance to jump on locked on Nationals Ryan, but obviously they don't have the strongest roster in the NL East, certainly not the National League, and you can understand why they're they're being projected to win so few games. So when you're looking at what to get excited about going into the season, I think, like you said, the development, but something that I'm certainly going to have a very close eye on this year is just the health of this team. You know, how healthy are they going to be able to stay? Because they're going to be very thin. They're not going to have a ton of depth at, at really any position. So I think the health is most important, actually, for the pitching rotation for the starting five. And I think as Nationals fans, we're well aware of that because we've seen What injuries can do to someone like Max Scherzer, like Steven Strasburg, and like some of the other guys like Paolo Espino last year, who was just thrust into the starting rotation, (laughs) something that he was not prepared to do. And so they get more injuries that happen this year. Espino goes back into the starting lineup or or, or a similar uh, occurrence would happen. That's pretty much the worst case scenario. So... You know, them being healthy is is so crucial to whether or not they can just at least be, you know, the the average team that, that the most optimistic people have them pegged to be.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny you brought that up with because I actually think this starting rotation could be some somewhat pretty decent. If there's, there's, a, there's a, there's a lot of what ifs when it comes mm-hmm. to this rotation, you know, it's like, what if Mackenzie Gore is that guy, the former top prospect who was ready to go lefty, he's filthy. What if Patrick Corbin can somehow bounce <laughs> back and just be a, a ghost of what he used yeah. to be? That's all we're asking for. What right. if Steven Strasburg can stay healthy and put together, dare I say 15 starts this season? It, there's a lot of what-ifs when it comes to this. And then and again, Trevor Williams. What if Trevor Williams, Kate Duvalli, Josiah Gray, all these guys that have kind of question marks surrounding them. And I think that's what makes people hesitant about making any sort of projections when it comes to this Nationals team. But I actually think that, call me crazy, but the starting pitching at the end of this year, we could be looking back and being like, that was our strong suit rather than mm-hmm. our offense. What do you mm-hmm.
1: say? yeah I, I I think for this team to have any chance of of just a a piece of success this season It's going to have to start with their rotation With those five guys that'll, that'll be lacing them up And hurling that ball towards the hitters Every single night And I think you're right to also focus on, on Mackenzie Gore The other guy I would add to that is Cade Cavalli Who you also mentioned Because both of those guys are coming off of injuries last year And they're both relatively highly touted prospects Especially Mackenzie Gore And yeah. we talked about the last time I was on the show, buddy About how Mackenzie Gore's first First half of 2022 was actually pretty solid when the injury came and and really it was a slow flare-up of an injury for him. Mm-hmm. So it was really his last couple of starts coming towards the end of the first half of the season where you started to see his performance suffer. So I think if if Mackenzie Gore and Cade Cavalli come back and they're healthy, I think they'll naturally take another step forward. When it comes to uh, injuries to pitchers, though, you worry about, you know, does that velocity dip? Does does that fastball come back down to the lower 90s instead of the mid or the high 90s? Those are all things that that they're going to have to be cognizant of and, and have a close eye on when it comes mm-hmm. to those specific pitchers. Because guys like Josiah Gray f- seemed to be a little bit more durable, or at least they just didn't have the same injury issues that guys like Kate Cavalli, Mackenzie Gore were working with Corbin and Strasburg are probably the biggest candidates for just who knows what, right? Yeah. I mean, they could wild they could, cards it, exactly. of all wild cards, the wild cards of all wild cards is a perfect way to put it because we know how good both of those guys can be. They were both incredibly integral pieces of the nationals world series run in 2019, but we've found out so little about Steven Strasberg, his recovery, uh, even, even his rehab has sort of been somewhat of a mystery. And it sounds like we're really not even going to learn even a little bit more about what his situation is like until we actually get to spring training West Palm beach. And he's out there, I guess, just kind of moving around a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. cause he's not going to exactly be throwing bullpen sessions or anything like that anytime soon. At least that's, what we think is the case but you know who knows how who knows how close he actually is and then yeah you know like with patrick corbin obviously it's it's been the last several years that we've watched him struggle but there have been a couple of we'll call it rare instances where he did revert back to his 2019 self so it's not impossible you know there there's there's just going to be a lot that that needs to not go terribly at the beginning of this season. I, I'll, I'll hesitate to say that all these things need to go right, and the Nationals will be this sort of team. I, I'm, I'm not going to do that because the, the expectations right now are so low. But if they can just get out of the gate and stay healthy, I think they'll at least be where folks hope that they would be, which is mm-hmm. not the worst team in the league. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, and that's totally right, too. And I was thinking of this question as you were talking about that, and I I didn't even have this on my rundown, but I think this will be an interesting question to pose to you. Out of the two guys that we got in that Juan Soto trade who are going to be on the Major League roster day one, Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams, Mm -hmm. who do you think makes the biggest impact for the Washington Nationals on the field this season? Out of those Mm. two guys.
1: That's a good question. I'm thinking about it as I'm getting ready to give you my answer. And I think I defaulted to CJ Abrams. And really that's because we saw more of him last year. Obviously we didn't see Mackenzie Gore ever suit up in a Natch uniform because the injury kept him out for the remainder of the 2022 season. And I think that Abrams offensively is the most important player that they have, you know, certainly one of them. But when I think about what Mackenzie Gore could be for this team, I think if everything goes right for him, his impact will be the most noticeable. And it's because I think if he comes out and he's healthy, he's going to pitch well. And if he pitches well, he's going to be near the top of the rotation in, in what is a very young rotation at the moment, but it could turn into a young and very good rotation with you know, some experience and, and once they get this year under their belt, you know, who knows, but so that's why I, 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 am going out on more of a limb, I think to say Mackenzie Gore, because he's coming off a significant injury, but there's just no debating his potential value, not just for this team, but what it was Sky for the Padres too. It's huge. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. a reason that he was included in that Juan Soto deal. Right. So, Yes, I. I Abrams is is so crucial, and defensively, Abrams is is going to be incredibly crucial as well. But I, I go back to what I just said, and the fact that this has always been a pitching minded team, right? I, all the success that they've had, especially going back to twenty nineteen, has has really started with their pitching. So yeah. I'll go with Mackenzie Gore for that question, and it is a very good question.
0: Thank you. thank I appreciate it. Very well (laughs) thought out question that I thought about before the show and not on the spot that I wanted to put you on. But next, I do want to get into some FanDuel odds that we just got out for the MLB season. And the question is, Danny, are they hating on the Washington Nationals? We're going to get into that. But before I'm going to tell you guys about my friends over at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel doesn't, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And guys, I got the Eagles on the money line. I think they destroy the Chiefs. So I think you should tail your boy because I know nothing. FanDuel, FanDuel knows everything. And I'm going to trust them. So, Join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanDuel.com slash locked on. Make a make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the NFL. And now we get back into some of these baseball categories as I have Danny Noakes riding along with me today. And Danny, have you seen the Washington Nationals win total projection right now over at FanDuel?
1: Not the FanDuel version of it. I believe uh-huh. I had seen a projection somewhere else, and I want to say it was right around like 65 wins. We are So right now
0: where we stand, they have us over under 59 and a half wins Ooh. on the season. That is mm. rough. I bring this up. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) 59 and (laughs) a half. I mean, what are we doing? But, you know, I'm just stumped on it because I actually think we could potentially reach the over. But then again, besides all that, just looking at this on paper, looking at the 59 and a half win total, it, it boggles my mind to think about how this team, was once 2019 World Series champions. And now we're sitting here at 59 and a half and over under win total. That's beside the point from the question that I wanted to ask. Mm -hmm. Where do you see this win total going?
1: See, I'm actually, I thought like, I thought 65 was, was a pretty good number. If I'm, mm-hmm. if, and I am a betting man, very yeah, much so with fan. I know. <laughs> so if, if I were going to take, and and I'm not, I'm not as big into the futures. I will say, because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just a lot, hu- it's a lot tougher to peg. But if, if I were going to, if I were going to lay some cash down on, on the over under for the total that you just had the nationals at 59 and a half, I would take the over. I, 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 and and I'm not saying that particularly confidently, but the scenarios that we just ran through, right, if if things fall toward the more positive side of, you know, the, the injury phenomenon, which it seems like there's there, there's always going to be something that sh- that comes up that you're yeah. not going to be expecting. Right. You just have to hope that it's not an extended period of time. It's not particularly uh, you know hard for whoever gets hurt to come back from it that they do come back from it so if they stay healthy and if and if they're able to develop some of these guys I I think they'll win 60 to 65 games I think their ceiling is probably somewhere around 70 you know maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit shy of that and that's if every everything were to go right that would be if you know Mackenzie Gore comes back he's he's fantastic um Corbin comes back and he's at least average. Uh, Josiah yeah. Gray continues to get better um, and and some of the other guys that they have in there are gonna have to uh, at least be average. So I would take the over on that total because that's very low, you know and and they are the they they were they're coming off a season where they were the worst team in major league baseball and they could very much very easily be the worst team in baseball once again. but I'm gonna say that the pitching stays healthy. They get better and they win somewhere between 60 and 65 games.
0: Well, I actually, I like that optimism because I actually sort of agree with you. Like, I don't think Mackenzie Gore is going to be banged up all year. I don't think Mm -hmm. Cade Caballi is going to be banged up all year. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I I just don't see it. Like, I feel like there's a lot of unluckiness to last year. Obviously we weren't a good team after you trade away Juan Soto and everything that happened with that team. You're going to be bad.
1: Yeah. But I can hit. I was just going to say you could hit the over and still lose a hundred games and you could still, and you could still cash that bet.
0: Like I saw, like I was talking with people and they're like, Oh, the under, And I'm like, well, I mean, like they're like, you think the nationals are going to be that good. I'm like, well, it's not that you guys know how many games are in a season. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, you're still going to lose a hundred games. Right. Like losing 99 (laughs) games is no different than losing a hundred. It might sound a little worse when you lose a hundred, but it's only one game, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't, like. I feel like I look at this team and I look at the ceiling that they could potentially have. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I see us around like a 67, 68 win ceiling for yeah. the team. And, you know, we're like, I'll take that. Like, no, you know, it's not time. that bad. Like compared to 59 and a half, where mm-hmm. do you see their ceiling? Like ultimately, if you put a number pinned to it, what's that number?
1: Yeah, I was, I was thinking 70 when I referenced it a couple of minutes ago, but you're, you're, I think yours is probably more accurate. 68 is probably a little bit closer to where if everything were to go right, they'd be at at the end of this season. You know, I remember too, this is somewhat related, also somewhat not related, but I want to credit you because it was your Twitter and your statistic that you dug up at some point towards the end of last season. But I believe the Phillies were a 500 baseball team against all of Major League Baseball, yep, except for the Nationals, who they almost never lost to. And what was their record against the against the Nats I, last I, year? Like twenty and five or something,
0: something like that. Like yeah. I, I think it might have been even worse, like nineteen and two or something. Like yeah. it was really bad, like very lopsided.
1: So a lot of that, a lot, you know, a lot of what happens with the Nats, I think will also depend on the strength of the division, which on paper is very good. It's a, it's going to, and at least just like last year, we expect it to be a very difficult decision or a, a very difficult division. And it's funny because, you know, losing someone like Jacob deGrom, who most of us still consider to be the best pitcher in baseball, mm-hmm. you'd think that a team like the Mets and their pitching is going to take a step back. But when you're able to add Justin Verlander to that, they're probably not going to take much of a step back at all. Now, Verlander and Scherzer are pretty old, you know. Scherzer is is definitely not going to continue to pitch at, at the same volume of games that that he was when he was pitching for the Nationals. We already saw it happen yeah. uh, last year with the Mets. He he was he left uh, for the the injured list a couple of different times. So, I yeah, I if the division isn't that good or if if it's at least a little bit further back from from where we're anticipating it, then maybe they could enter the mid 60s in terms of their wins, the Nats. Um, but if, if if the division is all it's cracked up to be, they might not hit that over. We'll see.
0: I do want to get into the NLEs here, but I also thought of another question on the cusp of this. Do you think Steve Cohen is a good owner for baseball? You know, you're bringing up the Mets, the spending mm. that they do, and I have been strong And hard on this, I do not think Steve Cohen is good for baseball. And a lot of people are like, well, spending money is good for baseball. What do you, meaning myself, complain about all the time? Mm -hmm. Learners not spending their money. Yeah, And I get that. (laughs) But when you have Steve Cohen doubling everyone in what he pays, that's just not right. (laughs) It's just not.
1: Well, I don't know. The problem is, I don't know how you tell him you're not allowed to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's really not unlike what the Yankees were doing in the early 2000s. You know, basically uh-huh. being able to buy any player that they wanted. And the difference is the Yankees ha- ended up winning championships World Series that the, that the Mets have, have not won, uh, at least not recently. So I it's... I, do i think it's bad for baseball no but it it definitely because i i just think it Mm -hmm. it it sort of just gives it um an, an added layer of intrigue you know like i mean mike trout is making all the money that he could ask for out there with the LA angels. Right. But that franchise is such a sorry excuse.
0: (laughs) So bad for, for being (laughs)
1: able to put a a consistent winner out there on the field. I mean, it's amazing actually the, the amount of talent that they've had come through that building and have not, not even like little success. They're not even whiffing the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're getting destroyed in the AL West and, and the AL West is also not the best division. And, And, and that's, you know, the Astros, the Mariners, th- those are a couple of good franchises. Obviously, we know Houston's just coming off the uh, another World Series, but um, it's not the NL West, right? <laughs> it's it's not the NL West, so um, I, I don't I, I see it. And as a fan of the Nationals, I hate it because <laughs> the Nationals do the exact opposite, right? I'm <laughs> in the same boat as you. We we watch the Learners specifically not pay their players what market value would be. And it drives us nuts because then the, the Nationals are not able to hang on to any of the homegrown talent that they've that they've been cultivating for the last several years. And so, it stinks. Yeah, it it does. It stink. stinks. But, you oh, know, man. you would what what you would also think that when you have an owner like that within your division, that it might change your own mentality. And that has not been the case <laughs> with the Nationals <laughs> and the learners, has it? I mean, that's they, <laughs> That's the optimistic
0: side of viewing it, and like I would, I would want to buy in on that. But mm-hmm. you and I, we both know it's, it's just not, not going to happen, right? But, and,
1: and it hasn't changed, and, and, and that's the point.
0: I do want to get into some NLEs projections with you real quick, but mm-hmm. before that, I'm going to tell you guys about my friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at built.com Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club today, and you can walk in the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. Pick up a four-box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Coconut puffs is my current favorite. If you're close to Sam's, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our Hit Flavors brownie butter and churro you can thank me later and now we get back into the stream with Danny Noakes as we are going to be wrapping up this but I do have a question again from FanDuel with the division winners that FanDuel has and right now if you want to take a stab at it who do you think is sitting atop the NL East as far as betting favorites
1: well in terms of betting favorites eh, it's 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 not going to be who I think is actually the favorite I imagine it's either the Braves or the Mets Um, Uh it, it seems when when you know, the bookies are putting these projections out there. They default to the teams with the best rotations and that's definitely understandable. Yeah. Uh, and, and the team, I think with the best rotation in, in the NL East is still the New York Mets, despite the fact that they more or less traded to Grom for Verlander, even though that's not exactly how it, it, it <laughs> shook out. Um But yeah, I, I am, I'll say it's probably the Mets
0: Ball, ding, ding, ding plus 135 the Mets are to win the NL East yep. plus 140 you got the Braves and plus 300 the Phillies and then plus 4000 the Marlins and then plus 25000 for the Nationals
1: <laughs> you could make some plus real cash if you take the Nats man
0: 25,000 for the Nats yeah. i that is an astounding number right yeah. there yeah, but also is. like just looking at this it's kind of disrespectful to the former NL pennant-winning Philadelphia Phillies who added Trey Turner this soft season.
1: I know. That's, Is, a, that's
0: the first thing I thought of. I was like, right. wow. Like, I guess not. I guess they don't really like him.
1: Right. And, and and you know, Nationals fans definitely didn't need that additional reminder, did they? Yeah, yeah. But when it comes down to it, I think the Phillies are the favorite this year within the division. Okay. I, I know that they don't necessarily have the, the, the horses in the stable when it comes to their pitching rotation that the New York Mets do. But boy, is that lineup something else, man! I don't know between Schwarber, Harper, Turner. Um, that sounds like hell to try and get yeah. through for a starting pitcher. I mean, I, I, it's hard to get into the whole Trey Turner thing, man, because he, of of all the guys that are gone, he's probably the one that, when it happened, I just couldn't believe it i mean the soto thing we all saw coming the scherzer thing we all saw coming but when turner was included in that deal for scherzer to send him to the dodgers a couple of years ago man i and and that's why it's it's so difficult and and to watch him continue to succeed the way that he has you, you know and and soto was good when he went out there to san diego but i mean let's be honest he he Never reached the the peak that he was at here in Washington yeah, D.C. He never got to, close. He not, Yeah, he never got to the point where he was he was playing that well. Uh, and and Scherzer hasn't gotten back to that point either. So Turner is is right now proving to be the the key asset that the Nationals lost, and it it, it also has a lot to do with his defense. And all of these things yeah. are, are are now in that Phillies clubhouse. That, and I just it's it's really difficult for me to to see them not win the division with all the talent they've got in that batting order, man. It's crazy.
0: You know, i dubbed Trey Turner as the one that got away. Yeah. Like he was the one that we could have extended the one who was open to an extension, Mm -hmm. the one with an agent who is very much so open to an extension. So seeing Trey Turner sign with the Phillies is just rubbing salt in the wound and which really just sucks in general. But Danny, you know, it does not suck you, sir. This was a fun episode today.
1: (laughs) It was, dude. I I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me back on. Hopefully we get to do it again soon. And hey, maybe once we start playing some of these games, they'll surprise us, right? (laughs) I, I keep saying just temper the expectations, keep an eye on the development, keep an eye on the young guys, and you keep them healthy. Who knows what could happen?
0: And that's a great point. So thank you, Danny. And also thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by Lindsey Crosby. And trust me, he is a prospect encyclopedia covering the stars of tomorrow. So make sure you get that because it is available wherever you get your podcasts. Danny, you have a good day, sir. And also, where can the people find you over on social medias? When is your next show? Because we do know you are a host 106.7 The (laughs) Fan. You host pretty frequently there. I think last week it was like five days. So (laughs) tell us your schedule.
1: Yeah. So I actually don't have any shows lined up it, right as, as we're recording this, that'll probably change tomorrow. If I had to guess, yep. I'll, I'll probably get a text from our, our program director CK and we'll probably figure that out. But in, in terms of social media on Twitter at Danny Noakes, that's where I'm always tweeting out our show schedule. So that's a great place to get in touch with me. And then Instagram at Danny That's also a place where I will put the show schedule up each time I'm on the air. So, uh, I'll keep you posted, man. Appreciate you. All right.
0: Thank you, Danny. And thank you guys for tuning in. You enjoy the day.